right, everyone, welcome in to episode eight of the Pod of Slow Fellows playoff edition. Um, sorry, this is we tried to get this out before the playoffs started. Um, we already had one game happen uh, this week. We were trying to get things going earlier. Unfortunately, on Wednesday, uh, they're doing utility work in my neighborhood, and it sounds like uh, they accidentally cut a line or something. So my internet was out on Wednesday night. So we had to we had to push things back a little bit. But uh, yeah, we're gonna kind of give our thoughts on what the playoffs are gonna look like. Um, preview these uh, for this first round, and then kind of give our thoughts on what might happen going forward, and ultimately kind of make our our winner picks for the whole season. Uh, but before that, we just wanted to have a quick uh, recap. Um, you know, we had our last episode was, was the trade deadline episode, uh, and we did get a little bit of uh, um, inside information. Um, one was sent uh, to the mailbag by Jeff, just a little more insight on uh, on the Kelsey trade, because I know he had been in there trying to get Kelsey and kind of throwing some stuff out there. It sounded like he was trying to give up maybe some draft capital or, uh, you know, Khalil Herbert as a keeper. Um, but, uh, you know, he was a little hesitant to give up too much for the upgrade to Kelsey because uh, you know, Kittle was starting to produce a little more. Um, you know, but now that Kittle now has a uh, Mr. Irrelevant uh, throwing the ball to him, um, you know, he maybe regrets not giving up a little more for Kelsey. Um, although, I, you know, I, I should say that, uh, you know, it, it, it's too bad that Kittle wasted his his good week uh, during the bye for Jeff because, you know, Kittle generally doesn't, uh, you know, maybe doesn't, hasn't, at least in the last couple seasons, hasn't been stringing together, uh, you know, back-to-back games of, uh, <laughs> so hopefully he didn't, uh, produce all his points in, in a meaning in the meaningless week for Jeff. Yeah, I hope that he did and that Kittle uh, lays an egg next week. But uh, yeah, it seems like Brock Purdy may actually not affect Kittle as much as we may have originally thought. Yeah. Everybody's kind of, you know, saying he's the best quarterback the 49ers have had this year. So that's really interesting. But yeah, that's interesting to to know that information, Jeff. Uh, you know, I, I think your team is still looking good because you instead, you know, traded Kurt Herbert for A.J. Brown to John and, uh, you know, so and so far, Kelly Kelsey hasn't done what I want him to do, but I'm hoping this week he's going to finally come through for me. Uh, so thanks for that insight, Jeff. And then the other feedback that we got was from Ricky and he had mentioned how when he saw the Josh Allen trade go through he actually made him feel good because he felt like he didn't get enough for Jalen Hurts so uh, you know maybe there's something to that I I was expecting Allen to go for more but uh, you know maybe that's kind of just the price for for QBs in in our league with you know the the supposed you know not as much uh keeper value because of the plus 10 so uh you know maybe alan had that elbow thing so there was still a little bit of like you know is that going to affect him going forward you know there's still some uncertainty there i think a little bit yeah (laughs) around the trade deadline yeah i guess so but he was still the number one player in fantasy at that time and i mean five bucks is a drop in the bucket 
But yeah. the interesting thing is Toby, and we'll get into this, isn't isn't starting Allen right now. So we'll see uh, what he does uh, here uh, come Sunday morning. Yeah. All right. Well, a couple league updates before we get into the playoff preview. Um, so Brandon's brought up an interesting point. Um, I, I think we've kind of been operating under the assumption that, you know, you what your keepers, you know, so keeper, the keeper deadlines passed. Um, you know, it was... I guess last Thursday was the kind of deadline for any any player you want to keep. Yeah. But then Brandon brought up the the thought about do at that same time does your roster for keepers lock then? And so then let's say you had a player that was on your bench that you wanted to keep. But if you make it into playoffs, maybe you want to drop that player for someone else because, um, uh, you know, you need to fill a spot or something to try to make a move in the playoffs. You know, can you, uh, you know, should we kind of say either keepers are based on what your roster looks like at the keeper deadline and then any moves you make in the postseason don't really matter or is your are your keepers what your roster looks like at the when all is said and done after the championship week? Um, you know, I think the latter has kind of been how we've been operating, but I know yeah. Brandon wanted to bring up maybe the possibility of of changing that. Yeah, I mean, it it just it's a little strange, and I do think you're right. I think we've been operating under your roster freezes on the on the deadline. Because I know last year some guys dropped, you know, some some big stars who were, you know, injured or whatever um, to make room for the playoff run. And I think we allowed them to be kept. I, I don't know for sure. But uh, it just kind of was weird to be like, OK, this guy's on my roster on the day of the, the keeper deadline, but then I'm going to drop him the very next week or, or a future week because I need the, the roster space. So it seems like I shouldn't be able to keep that guy anymore. Uh, but then the guy I pick up to replace him, I can't keep either. So uh, I think we mostly just need to clarify so that, you know, somebody doesn't drop somebody who like Zay Jones, I, I just dropped him. I'll, I'll use that example. I, I might keep him depending on how things shake out the rest of the season and, and, you know, next uh, in the off season, but I dropped him. So, you know, it, that's kind of the question is like, you know, if he goes off these next few weeks and Calvin Ridley, you know, breaks his leg or something and never ends up materializing, I might keep Zay Jones. Uh, so mostly we just need to clarify and not get to that point where we're fighting over it come draft time of, wait, you drop that guy, you can't keep him. And of course, my argument is let's just move to anybody on your roster until the last waiver period of the season is fair game to keep. And, you know, as somebody who traditionally is out of it, in the playoffs, I it keeps me engaged, you know, and the and I remember last year, the moment keepers ended, I, I checked out. Um, so that that would be, you know, what I would vote for. Wait, so are you saying get rid of the keeper deadline? Yeah, I'd, I'd say get rid of the keeper deadline because, I mean, why why arbitrarily say the guys you pick up in the next few weeks you can't keep? 
I think it was because I, I think it was exactly for that reason that like if um like because I think in the past we've had people like George Kittle, like Christian McCaffrey, you know, I think after Riley did that move with Saquon a couple of years ago where he got injured in the first week, dropped him, and then put in bids to like uh you know uh or fab bids um yeah. for a potentially kind of nice keeper price the next year um then people haven't if you lose a player and now i guess now we have an ir spot which helps yeah. but like um you know if you if you lose a player like that you're kind of stuck because you keep them on your bench because maybe they're out for the rest of the whole season but you don't want to drop them and give someone else um a uh you know the opportunity to pick them up and potentially for next year and so i like the fact that like once playoff comes around it gives you the freedom to drop them and gives you that roster spot back knowing that like someone else isn't gonna like who's out of who is out of it will pick them up for cheap for next you know for the following year you know it, yeah, it, but it, that, it allows you to open up that yeah, it, roster spot it, again. It favors the stronger teams. Uh, it it you know it that's a that's a policy that favors the better yeah. teams by making them well, better. It favors the teams that made the playoffs. Exactly, it favors <laughs> the teams that made the playoff, which are the better teams generally. Uh, but so my thinking is, hey, a roster spot is a commodity, and if you don't want to hold on to a guy. You got to drop him and he's then fair game for somebody to pick up. And if somebody wants to spend their fab to pick him up, to keep him, that's their prerogative. And that happens all the time throughout the season. I mean, it happened. Riley just did it with Adam Thielen, dropped him and then fabbed him for a couple bucks less so that he can keep him. Like, that's a fair move to do the rest of the season. So why are we saying can't do it now? We're just hurting the bad teams, in my opinion. Yeah, but some of the bad teams have already made the trades and the things to improve themselves for next. Because, you know, you look at someone like Riley last year, right? He was one of the best teams and he won. But in order to do that, it wasn't like the next year he was going to be this dominant team. He actually really kind of sold out the next year. So, you know, it's favoring the teams that make the playoffs. But in our the way our the way our keeper league works, it it's it's not it's not really like a dynasty league as quite as much where it's like the best teams are maybe kind of going to be the best teams for a couple years in a row yeah. um you know let's say josh um where he had his nice run for a while but uh um you yeah. know so anyway well I, and I, and it'll be interesting because another thing you know ricky brought up the idea of cutting a cutting a bench spot from yeah going from seven down to six which i think would make things a little more interesting because you might it might force you into having to drop those players earlier that were injured. Um, yeah, that's true. It, it might mean you stash guys a little bit less, um, but then it also makes the waiver wire a lot uh, deeper. So you can kind of always go out and pick up somebody that, you know, if you need somebody to start. Um, I mean, because basically you'd be adding the bottom 10 guys from all of our benches on onto the wire. But yeah, it, it's an interesting idea. Um, 
So I, I'd be curious to know, uh, you know, I, obviously there were a couple prominent examples from the past of how our trade deadline policy impacted things. I'd be curious this year if anybody has dropped anybody already. I haven't seen anything go through. Uh, I did see, you know, um, Phil dropped Kyler. But, you know, there's there hasn't been any like offloading of of good players for roster spots yet. So I'm curious to see if uh, if anybody's out there listening, you know, send us a mailbag if if you're utilizing this trade deadline, uh, this keeper deadline freeze, because maybe it was, you know, just that one time thing where somebody had a bunch of injuries and needed to pick guys up. But my thing is, hey, that's part of the game. Yeah, although I'm still a little confused. I, I I was still under the impression that it was we've been operating on whatever whoever's on your team at the end of the season is are your keepers. That like if you drop someone during the playoff period that was on your roster at the keeper deadline, that you couldn't go back and say oh, I want to keep that person because they because the I mean, have you gone back and checked? I never went back and checked. Well, because I because I mean, up until this year, I mean, like on the ESPN app or on ESPN, the only players that listed for you to possibly keep was whatever was on your roster when the season ended. That's true. That is so, true. So yeah, no one's been right. able to no one's been able to go back and say, oh, I'm, I had that I'm person sure, that and, and dropped it. So. And that makes sense because you're dropping guys who are not keeper potential. So I guess you're cutting I guess I guess you're right. So we we are operating under the principle that if you drop someone after the keeper deadline, you can't keep them. But then that brings up the the weird place of, well, okay, so what if I then now pick up the guy who I dropped two weeks later? Now I have to keep track of what I paid for him the last time I had him at the keeper deadline, not what I paid for him when he actually ended the season on my roster. That's an interesting question. If you if you have a guy at the deadline, drop him and then pick him back up after the deadline. Now is he eligible to be kept or not? Yeah, I don't think we I don't. That, that's that's the one it, situation where it's kind of. It could get messy. I yeah, mean, it hasn't it hasn't happened, but it it's like an opportunity for it yeah. to happen. And I think it would in general be an honest thing. Where you'd be like, oh, hey, I'm going to keep this guy because I picked him up for zero dollars. Well, no, you actually picked him up at the keeper deadline for 20 or whatever and then dropped him and then picked him up when he was less valuable for less. (laughs) And again, not intentional, but again, why go through all that effort to track that for one bench spot for one team, maybe, you know, like and let's just go full hey any guy on your roster at the end of the season he's yours if you drop a guy because he's hurt then you're just giving that trade-off you're getting that bench spot which is a commodity and if somebody else wants to spend their fab which is a a, you know a currency they can do that you know i mean it would make it a little easier to track things but yeah it works because we're all honest that we know of so that's why it works for our league Okay, well, you know, guys, chime in. Let us know what you think. Um, the other thing I think it sounded like everyone was kind of in, well, at least from what I saw in the chat, is uh, reseeding each round according to record. Um, and uh, you know, so yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if sleeper how easy that would be. Um, I don't know if sleeper allows that or not. 
Um, yeah, that that that'd be Ricky. It'd be nice to to um, weigh in to see what you can do because it just says that's the default. But it's like, okay, so what's the other options? Sure, I, I mean reseeding by highest seed is what I think is the most common. So I don't know why that wouldn't be the default personally. Like I don't know any sports championship that doesn't have the highest seed play the lowest seed. Well, I mean, the NCAA tournament doesn't reseed based on like if there's an upset, it's not like they reshuffle things so that, you know. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. So that the highest seed doesn't play the lowest seed. I see what you're saying. You know, yeah, it's not like every do. round they're redoing okay. things. Yeah, but, so uh, I guess I guess that is true. Um, yeah, that that's a good point. But in football and baseball, you always play the the lowest seed remaining. Um, so. Hmm. I I like that one. It's interesting this year. It you know may not affect anything depending on how it plays out. Um, but I do think Ricky made a good point. Six out of ten teams make the playoffs, so we're pretty generous there. So uh, let's give some yeah. more significant advantage to those top two seeds. The but other I think thing, the top two seeds get the buy though. I mean, because a lot of you know. It, a lot of 10 team leagues only do four, like only yeah. the top four make the playoffs and there's just two rounds. Yeah. So ours, it's kind of like you get the six in, but then the two kind of get that by. So I, I guess reseeding then would make it as if it was more like four, a four, yeah. it, those four, those last two rounds would operate almost as if it was really a four teams make the playoffs type of thing. Yeah. Well, because next so, round, yeah. you know, Phil, who is the number one seed by a long shot this year, may have to play Curtis and be an underdog. Um, whereas like if Toby beats me, that that's like, you know, a much com- more comfortable matchup for Jeff, where it should be flipped, honestly. And Curtis should play the weaker team, in my opinion, because he had the better, you know, regular season record. He earned it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I could agree with that. Yeah. So, Ricky, report back to us on what's possible. We'll put it to a poll. And I, uh, the other thing that I was thinking about with the, the reseeding was, um, oh, man, it just just left me nothing like live podcasting to uh, lose, <laughs> lose your, your train of thought but if it comes back to me i'll yeah i'll, I'll well, bring it back speaking of what's possible on uh on sleeper um i i i hear that that my co-host here has a gripe with uh with the sleeper app yeah they wanted this, he wanted to get off his chest yeah this is i mean I think we all agree Sleeper has been a great move, so much better than than ESPN. Ricky, I'm the the commissioner for my work league, and dude, the ESPN app, you can't do anything as the commissioner, and you got to go onto the desktop app. It's so dumb. So uh, all agree Sleeper is better, but I didn't like in the playoffs how I couldn't view my upcoming matchup against Toby until Wednesday morning. And it says they're waiting for the stat corrections to come through, but why not give me, you know, a tentative chance to just see my matchup against Toby on 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 Tuesday? Well, I mean, what and, are you gonna do? Are, are you like watching film and game planning? I mean, yeah, come on, yeah. Well, come, no, on. But, come on, what are you gonna do with that extra day? <laughs> it's not as big of a deal for our league because our waivers run on Thursday, but in most leagues, waivers run Tuesday night, and. True. You know, I want to see what my opponent needs in, in in that in case I need to make a defensive waiver wire pickup. 
and it it was I couldn't see anything. So not a big deal in this league, but you know, in general, it just seems weird that they wouldn't show you that. And that brings up another point is it's hard to see just other people's teams in general. Um, I do. I will say that is the one thing ESPN did better is you could go kind of look at the other teams, see, you know, their future matchups and things. And it just seems a little harder and sleeper to do that or, or impossible. Honestly, I haven't figured out how to see an opponent's future matchup, um, you know, who's on by and uh, for them that week, things like that. Yes, well, I mean, send send your uh, send your gripes to uh, Sleeper, and I mean, it seems like they're they're always trying to like make improvements and whatnot. So uh, you know, maybe. And while you're at it, send them send them the gripe about not being able to put if your if your league is set to an auction league or a, a salary cap league to uh, include draft future draft budget in the trade proposals, right? Because, yeah. oh. you know, because you can see that you can do future draft picks, but yeah, you can't do. I'll I'll do that. I'll I'll do that on yeah. behalf of the team. Yeah, do, you know, the... t- tell them that that, that uh, a prominent. Uh, webcast or podcast o- almost on the <laughs> level of fantasy footballers that they uh-huh. have partnered with, yeah. you know, has these these, uh, you know, ideas and they, they need to they need to get on board with us here. I'll be sure to let him know. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's jump into the the playoffs. So we had six teams make the playoffs. Phil, Jeff, Brandon, you, Curtis, me, and Toby. So uh, looking back on the history, it I, I think that Curtis and I have each won one in the past, and then everyone else would be a first time winner. Um, mm. So, I, you know, I think we have, I think we have a good chance for a new, a, a new champion, a first time, first time winner this year. Um, so Phil and Jeff had the top two seeds. They got the buy. Uh, you know, I, I was saying, you know, and this kind of goes back to our discussion about uh, the reseeding, uh, but the kind of the top half of the draw, I think with me and Curtis and Phil, uh, looks like whoever kind of comes out of that top half probably is going to have the easier path. Um, you know, obviously my my team, you know, I, I just kind of limped into the playoffs. Um, <laughs> you know, Curtis has been coming on strong. Phil, you know, I think some injuries have kind of hit him late in the season, which unfortunately kind of happened to him last year. He got some injuries kind of after a strong start. So he's kind of coming in a little banged up as well. Um, you know, so... Uh, yeah, so I, th- I think someone's got an easier kind of easier path out of instead of the uh, I, I think the bottom half is going to be a little more of a, a, a battle between you and Toby and, and Jeff. Yeah, Phil, I was looking at Phil's team and man, he's definitely, you know, he had his his high profile loss of, you know, Cooper Cup, but then he also lost Dallas Goddard and uh, now Tyler Lockett, I guess, is having surgery on his finger. And so he's going to be out. And, uh, you know, he's been the wide receiver six on the year, which is unbelievable to think about that he's been that good. Um, and now, um, you know, Damian Pierce is at least missing this week. So maybe he'll be back for for um, next week for for Phil. But, yeah, just decimated by injuries over there. And, uh, you know, Phil's team is starting to look, uh, you know, beatable. 
And, you know, right now, Curtis has, this week has a higher projected score than him. So if Curtis, you know, pulls it off against you and faces Phil, you know, Phil could really be the underdog next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so go, let's let's get into the matchup. So, you know, we've got the 4-5, the uh, me and Curtis. Um, you know, honestly, I, I feel the best kind of maybe about playing Curtis instead of you. I'm glad that you kind of jumped kind of jump Curtis there because I'd much rather face Curtis than you although at the same time Curtis probably has a very similar feeling about playing me <laughs> and, <laughs> you know I, I think you'd rather be playing me than Toby uh <laughs> you know um my team scored a bunch last week unfortunately I got a ton of points from Jerry Judy and Evan Ingram who <laughs> are definitely you know have a very 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 small chance of replicating um any of anything similar to that uh this week um you know i already had ken walker only score like nine points nine point nine points for me or something so so we'll see and you know ramondre got hurt for me Mm -hmm. um uh yeah traylon burks is out uh robinson's questionable so you know i I may be plugging pickens back in there but you know he's gonna have either I don't know. It sounds like they're going to maybe start Mason Rudolph, who's just going to throw the ball to Deontay Johnson the whole time. So, um, so yeah, I'm pretty. I, I'm thinking that my uh, my my championship run is is going to end end soon and this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Curtis's team obviously huge projection here at one sixteen. But I think the key with Curtis is going to be his underperformers. And that's what, I mean, his team laid an absolute egg last week. Uh, yeah. Although, hey, can I ask what stuffling is here? I, I see in the document that you, you, you've said, uh, you've said he has some players that are stuffling. Scuffling. That's supposed to be scuffling. Uh, yeah. So he's got some scuffling players. So, I mean, Camara, obviously, vastly underperforming. Um, and so and and then uh, Mark Andrews has just really been struggling recently. And so if those guys can get going, then I think he he really can score that 116 and and probably, you know, beat you. But if those guys, you know, struggle again, then, you know, he could end up with another 70, 80 point week. And I will say I am wondering if Curtis, you know, told his guys not to score very much because he saw that if he, you know, lost that and you won that week that he would play you instead of uh um instead of uh Toby. So uh maybe maybe Curtis threw the match up there. And I will say there was one part of me that was like maybe I should bench some guys and lose so Curtis can get the number three seed <laughs> and have to play Jeff and Toby on that side of the bracket. But uh, I obviously decided not to do that. <laughs> hey, whatever you got to do to win, right? Yeah, there was too much uncertainty because if you had lost 0-2 and, and Toby had went 2-0, and Toby would have leapfrogged you. And, and, and then losing, I would have played, yeah. you know, it would have been the same basically. So... Although I think Toby was, I think Toby was quite behind in points because it would have had the same record, but I think I, I would have still had a points because I was two games up on him. So we would have had right? the same, yeah, we would have yeah, had the same record. I think you were only 25 points up on him though, right? Oh, really? Yeah, I think, 
Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I just knew well, I was locked in. So. Now he's now he's forty behind you, but uh, but I, after, week, I think so. I think last week, um, yeah, you scored one twenty seven and he scored a hundred. So yeah, the week okay. last week he would have been only like twenty five points behind, which is tough. But I mean, you it's not that tough. Exactly. That's yeah. why I was just like, you know what? You know, I'm not gonna play with fade. I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna let it ride. So. Uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, you know, your team obviously went off last week and way outperformed their expectation. I think you're like, uh, expected, expected was like a hundred and he scored like 127 or something. So, you know, props to your team for going above their potential. Um, yeah, so, Jerry Jeter, three touchdowns. That's, it's going to happen again. Yeah. And Ingram, I was surprised yeah. you didn't pick up another tight end and that you're rolling with Ingram again. Well, I kind of forgot to put in. I was thinking about picking up Comet again, but I was like, I'll just roll them. Yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting that there was no competition on the waiver wire. Everybody's bids went through with no, no, no double. Nobody bid on the same player. What? No, I thought a couple people bid for. I thought there were a couple players that had multiple bids. No, everybody no. went through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kurt has basically retooled his whole his whole lineup, picking up four players. The question is, is he going to start any of them against me? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't look like it. I guess he just <laughs> figured he needed a little more. He needed a little more uh, uh, depth there. So, well, I mean, if Damian Harris doesn't play and Rabondi doesn't play, then yeah. like you got to take a guess on one of those two guys. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> we'll see. Yeah, but uh, all right. Well, let's move on to the three-six matchup, which is mm-hmm. you versus Toby. Uh, you know, I, I think you're definitely the favorite in this. Um, you know, you you really, really improved your team. Um, however, you know, I wrote this actually on Tuesday, but I said, you know, but Toby has some players that could go off, and yeah. we saw that happen on Thursday night with CMC. You know, he was one of those I was thinking of, um, who definitely can can have a big game. So. Um, yeah, it'll be, I, you know, it'll be an interesting, uh, it'll be an interesting game. Yeah, I honestly would feel better playing you or Curtis personally than than Toby, because you know Justin Fields had two games straight games of forty points basically, yeah. um, and the CMC obviously going four point six over his projection, and you know. If my guys don't do as well as projected, and just a couple of his guys do better, um, you know, then then that's a, a you know a matchup that he can definitely win. So um, I I am concerned, uh, especially um, just knowing that Toby's always in the running and and always pulls the right strings, uh, you know. So. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, Jeff Wilson may be out, and so most are maybe a hundred percent of the Miami running back snaps. You know, so that's not even counted in his current projection. So, um, feel good about my team. My, I think my my biggest one is, you know, whether I should start McLaurin or Rashad White. I think that's my biggest question here. Um, but uh, I really feel pretty good about my team. So. 
I don't like the Thursday and Saturday games, though, because then if, you know, somebody lays it like Diggs is going on Saturday, if he doesn't do well. Yeah. In the blizzard. Yeah. Then all day I'm just going to be like, oh, no. And, you know, whereas I prefer like all of them going at the same time. So you don't have to worry about it. But yeah. Well, um, the interesting thing is if Toby keeps Allen on the bench, it'll be that interesting thing where if 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 Diggs goes off, then he'll regret you know, not doing anything, but that if Allen has a bad game and he's, I mean, it's a Diggs probably had a bad game. So it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, um, you know, it's a big move. Sometimes yeah, I, I like was... having the quarterback of my opposite because it's like, well, at least they kind of cancel each other out. But, yeah. Uh, I, I figured he did that on purpose because he was thinking Allen throwing to Diggs in the end benefits me. And so he's like, hey, let's go. Let's go to fields who honestly has just as much upside. He has a higher ceiling and a lower floor, I think, than Allen. Um, So I think it's a good move. I really thought Toby was going to pick up Cole Komet, which is why I put in a waiver bid on him. But he's rolling with the dual quarterback Taysom Hill, who's always a threat to score a bunch of points. Yeah. Yeah, you're the, you know, between you, Toby, and, and Jeff, I, I, I'm i feeling more and more uncertain about who's going to come out and, you know, who's going to make it to the championship game out of that, out of that side of the, of the, uh, of the bracket. I mean, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. all have teams that can pretty easily put up 120, 130, uh, you know, in a given mm-hmm. week. Um, so it. I'm, I'm, yeah, uh, the the more I look at them, I'm like, oh, well, uh, you know, I, I think Brandon can win this week. Oh, but Toby can win this week. But then next mm-hmm. week, well, I guess he, you know, I, I feel like I feel like all the matchups, you know, this week and next week are going to be coin flips where I don't know if I could say that about the matchups on the top half. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I do think that anybody in the bottom half has the opportunity to win the championship. Whereas at the top, it it seems like it's going to be a harder, you know, slog for Curtis or Phil or you to make it, um, you know, to, to win the championship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, well, we'll, we'll kind of move on to our, you know, kind of our future thoughts and predictions. You know, I, 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 I kind of see Curtis probably moving out or making it to the championship uh, uh, game uh, from, you know, I I think he'll beat me pretty easily this week. And then, you know, the way things are going for Phil, unfortunately, I think, you know, he'll be favored in that, in that matchup as well. Um, You know, so I see Curtis kind of coming in that way, but, you know, I, I, I thought I was going to predict that one of the podcast hosts, (laughs) <laughs> would win the championship this year. That's and a good you can guess. Well, you know, I mean, it, it kind of, you know, it really, I have no shot, but it, you know, it gives me two out of six, right? Especially <laughs> since, especially since we're in opposite, you know, opposite sides of the, of the, yeah. of the draw. So, you know, we, we theoretically could both make it to the championship game, but uh, I'm, I'm starting to feel the more I look at, at, you know, the matchups between you and Toby and Jeff, I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll stick with it though. Mm-hmm. I'll stick with yeah. I'll stick with my prediction. That's a great prediction. Uh, for my prediction, I'm going with 
the winner of the bottom half of the bracket will win the championship. So, uh, you know, whoever makes it out of that bottom bracket, I think, is going to win the championship. So, um, you know, whether that's Toby, Jeff or I, uh, I think it's going to be whoever uh, makes their way through that. But you know what I was telling my daughter, we were talking the other day about competition and sporting and she made up this little rhyme and she was like, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And it's like, all right, that's that's exactly what this is. If you want to win the championship, you got to beat the best. Uh, you know, you can't have your team, you know, you can't you might be able to limp into the playoffs or, you know, win a couple of games with the subpar team. But if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. I can't think of an appropriate send off than uh, than that. So good luck to everyone in the playoffs. Um, and, you know. Good luck to those of you in the constellation bracket. I'll be seeing you shortly. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I think I think we're, we're planning on hopefully having one more podcast kind of at the end of the season after the championship, uh, and uh, you know, kind of recapping the season, maybe looking a little bit towards next year, or you know, again, maybe kind of bringing up those things that we need to clarify as league rules before next year starts. Um, and uh, and yeah, so with that, yeah. uh, everyone, good luck. Good luck, everybody. We'll see you after the championship game.